Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 255 for July 3rd, 2015. On today's show, we're talking about the early days of our woodworking careers and how long it took before we were actually proud of the things we made and actually might be interesting to find out if we aren't yet proud of things we make. <laughs> right, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm out. So uh, yeah, I kind of made, an assu- made a bit of an assumption there. Uh, so this actually comes from a question that Nathan sent in. He said, I've been woodworking for about two years now. Oh, by the way, it's a weekend edition of Wood Talk, in case what? you didn't know. So that's why we only really? have one topic here. Nathan said that? That's awesome. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> thanks Boy, for I'm the, glad the weekend's here. Yeah, thanks for the programming reminder. Uh, he says, I've been woodworking for about two years now, and I've built maybe four or five major projects, including a desk, a workbench, and a tool chest, and several other smaller ones. I have yet to be fully satisfied or proud of anything that I've built. My wife and other family members marvel at my abilities, but all I see when I look at my projects are all of the flaws and things I could have done better. Am I just being too hard on myself or is this a usual feeling when starting out? I know that I could, excuse me, rebuild the projects that I've done and make them even better, but time and money won't allow for that now. All right. So the easy answer is, uh, yep. So I'll see you guys on Monday. Is that when we're going to get together again? (laughs) Great weekend show, folks. See you out. Okay. So let's uh, just kind of go around the room here a little bit and discuss whether or not we felt this early on and if we still feel it today. I think without a doubt, yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did feel that early on. It was something that uh, I went through and it was actually a little bit of of both things happening because as I learned more about woodworking, I became able to identify mistakes and problems. But there was a phase where I would think that, oh, that's probably fine. That looks good. But then I just became a little more discerning as time went on. So I could, as I got better at doing woodworking, I also got better at identifying what wasn't good. So it kind of was like this right. like tug this uh, tug of war going on as I progressed in my woodworking. But without a doubt, there was definitely a phase where everything I built, I was just like, oh, this just was, you know, this was not what I had expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. That's one thing. I, I've been doing a series on my website that's kind of, I call them ghosts from the past or blast from the past, just whatever hits my mind on Monday morning. I'm like, what was I calling this? <laughs> uh, and that's exactly where I've been going through my oldest projects and starting to move forward to my newer ones because there's a lot of stuff in there that never appeared on the show because I wasn't doing the show at the time. It was much later on. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these things and I'm thinking, I remember when I did this, For the, there was that moment where I'm like, I cannot believe I built this. This is so awesome and then i would have a maybe a week or two in there and i look at it and go why would anybody not want to burn this right now (laughs) this is just so amazingly disgusting and and going forward from there and seeing these transitions the occasional setback (laughs) the and then moving forward again so yeah i think it's it's easy to say and i think we're this is true for all of us that uh you are your own worst critic and it's amazing how you will look at something that is – it's awesome that you accomplished it regardless of what level of woodworking you're at. And in your mind, it, you don't even know why you wasted the time doing it. Yeah. yeah, It can happen. Uh, Shannon, what about you? See, I come at this from a little bit different perspective. When I started woodworking, I was truly in a vacuum. I, I wasn't like – there wasn't this online woodworking scene. It It was there, I'm sure. I just didn't know it was there. Um, I had a couple of magazines, but I, I started very much kind of, this is what I want to build and didn't, wasn't really looking around and comparing it to anything else. 
So I finished it and I'd be like, this is awesome. And it was like six months later that I was like, oh, that wasn't very good at all. <laughs> so I felt yeah. really good about it when I finished it and was very, very proud of myself. But yeah. the proud died off as, as time went on. And I suddenly started to become more in tune with other things around me. One of those things was uh, woodworks. Um, I had already been woodworking a little bit. And then I saw that. And then I was like, crap, I suck. I'm out. (laughs) You know, so and and some of that was starting with the the type of projects that I was choosing. I mean, I started very much in a a DIY. I needed, you know, one of my first major projects was built in bookshelves. Well, you know, those have a lot of paint on them. So all kinds of of the little issues that may have happened with the joinery, I was able to uh, cover up with paint. I look at them now um, and I've done quite a few repairs so that I can look at them now and not be ashamed of myself. So, (laughs) you know, so it's kind of the the same thing. Yes, I can say, man, I I could have done that better. But um, I started so naive, I guess, that I was just excited that I built something all by myself, you know, I didn't have to go to the store and buy it. So, you know, I'd say cut yourself some slack, Nathan. Um, You're out there, you're building it. And he says something about I could rebuild those projects. I question how useful that is, you know, unless that project is something that, you know, it's a dining table and you use it every single day. Um, I don't recommend doing that. Frankly, yeah. I mean, go know, build if you need something better, build something different. Build that, something you know, different, right? There yeah, you go. yeah. Don't rebuild. Yes. Like, t- let that just be a little uh, stepping stone on your path as a woodworker. Don't necessarily, unless you really, really want to, don't go back and, and redo it. There's just no reason to. Well, you know, and, and then there's the the other end of things because I went kind of from that into kind of the craft show circuit and was building a lot of very small things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got my lathe, I started turning pins, was building boxes, I was building um, what I would like to call wood magazine style projects, very small, kind of do it in a weekend type thing, and that really helped because then I wasn't, you know, I was lessening the number of mistakes that I could make. Sure. Um, course at that point it became you know i needed to learn to edit myself and not use seven different species all in the same project (laughs) you know that was a design issue but you know there is something i wanted was a pacing yourself (laughs) (laughs) well here's 14 different species of wood (laughs) beautiful segmented pen Uh, well you know and i'm thinking about like do do i have these feelings with my work today and i think at a certain point yeah, maybe you guys can can let me know if you're the, you look at this in a similar way. You start to realize, yeah, I can see everything, right? I can see mm-hmm. every flaw on my project, and there there may be flaws in the design that I can't necessarily see. That someone with more experience could say, hey, you know what? You may want to trim this down a little bit. Maybe this thing is a little heavy here. Maybe you know little little details like that that my eye isn't quite as experienced enough to see. But when it comes to the fundamentals of is the surface cleanly planed? Is it cleanly sanded? Is it scraped? Is it, um, you know, is this joint a good joint or are there flaws? There's probably very little anyone else can point out that I don't already know in that mm. in that uh, particular project. So I've arrived at this point where I now can, I can see the errors other people will see and I could tell which ones no one will notice. And when I'm talking about average uh, people, not woodworkers. Uh, and, and I also can tell what the average woodworker might notice and what they might not. So because I'm comfortable in knowing which flaws are flaws at a, and, and at like which level people will experience those flaws, I feel more comfortable with certain things than others. So there are some mistakes that I look at and go, that's a do-over. 
Like right. that's not going to work. Everyone will, will notice that. But then there are higher level ones where it's a little harder to notice those things. And I might not feel like it might bug me at the moment. Like, damn it. You know, I didn't want that to be there, but this is fine. No one's going to know it. It's just going to bother me. And I sweep it under the rug and never think about it again. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the worst things I ever did was point things out to Samantha because then she points them out to everybody. Well, you see that one thing? That's actually not an OG. That's supposed to be. But, you know, it's we always refer to the fact that when it comes to woodworking, it's just like anything else that requires repetition. You have to practice at it. I mean, musicians, there's very few musicians that probably are like, oh, a piano and then like belt out the most amazing music. Shannon can Uh, do that. Well, yeah, Shannon can do a lot of that. So, I mean, that's what he went to Austria for. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, but no one agrees with me. I think it sounds great. <laughs> I think it sounds good too. Your dog probably loves it. Yeah. So, but that that whole idea about about the practice and everything that it's mm-hmm. it's so important to have these moments where where you do practice this and to be willing to accept the fact that yeah, you you will have to struggle a little bit into this. It's very rare that you're going to pick up something and have it turn out absolutely you know amazing to you. In, in the sense that it looks it looks exactly like the one in the book. Yeah. Oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah. It you know, it, it, you eventually do get there. And if you are the lucky person who does it right off the bat, I hate you. <laughs> um do you guys think uh Shannon, you can tackle this one. Do you think the current state of availability of online resources and being able to see how other people do things um could put someone like Nathan, who's fairly new, into a state of mind where his stuff just is never good enough. Like you said, when you started watching Woodworks, things right. change. Now imagine if you didn't start in a vacuum and you immediately started where you could compare your stuff to other people's stuff. And that that almost feels like that could be going down a very bad path. Do you think that's mm-hmm. happening here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think all of us have run into that from one time or another. I mean, just just focus on the back page of Fine Woodworking Magazine, and no, you'll I'd never rather feel not. good about yourself. Yeah. I usually <laughs> but, at the newsstand, I rip that one off and I just leave. Right. It. Oh, much better. But, you know, it's a double edged sword, <laughs> and it becomes a state of mind. Um, certainly, when you're getting started, it it's all negative. Oh man, look what I did here. Look what I did here. Yeah. But um, not to get all philosophical, but you got to make mistakes in order to recognize how to get better, right? Mm-hmm. You, unless you, if you come out doing everything perfect, then you won't know what you need to improve upon. And that's how you have to look at it. You know, you look at this gallery of incredible stuff online and Pinterest and fine woodworking and all that, and just, and look at it as a challenge. Look at it as, wow, that looks so much better than mine. Now, Why? Why does it look better than mine? And, you know, yes, there's the I made a mistake. You know, this is, I think, what Mark is talking about, the mistakes that people will notice and then the mistakes that only a very few people will notice. Mm -hmm. And I know for me right now, um, what I when I have this experience is usually because, um, you know, in the finishing stage, I I rush this or. Uh, in the finished prep stage, when you kind of accidentally rounded over some stuff instead of leaving those edges crisp, it's those little tiny details that make it look not as good yeah. as that expert or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now, and maybe it's just because I'm, you know, down the road a ways, now I look at that as a challenge and this is what I need to do on the next project. So it's easier said than done um, to to kind of take that mindset and and use all this great stuff out there and use it as a way to get better when you're feeling down on yourself. But, you know, it's the only way you can do it. Well, and here's Mm. another thing to remember. Everything looks better in photos. Oh, yes. Yes. It's a Photoshop world, people. Yeah, and I will certainly not name any names here, but there are things that I've seen pictures of and stuff that I had a certain impression about what they were and, you know, the quality level. Is that the puppy? 
Yes, it is. What's Sorry. going on, doggy? Oh, that's so hey, cool. That was his it, first uh, his first gonna, show interruption. It would not be a Wood Talk show without a <laughs> showbiz puppy. Oh, that's fantastic. It's uh, just a slightly different pitch than what you guys are used to. <laughs> right. Uh, but there are times when I've seen uh, pictures of things and I'm, I've actually seen them in person. Uh, or I've seen someone's work who I admire and then I see some of their work in person. And it's not to say that it's, it's garbage or something. It's very case-by-case basis here. But I was like, wow you would not have known that to look at that picture. And and I've also realized this in my own work that when I photograph things, you don't see nothing. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like you, exactly. you don't see anything that you think yeah. you can see, like as good as that picture is. And yeah, it's this giant file size because our cameras take huge pictures to, these days. Right. You don't see half of what you see in person. Oh yeah. Whenever Sam's like, here, I'm going to take some photos of this. I want to get details. And I'm like, no, you should just stand back here. <laughs> stand from 10 feet away, please. Nice wide shot. <laughs> this is See, at first when you were talking about the photos, I thought you were talking about the Snapchats that I share with you. And I was gonna be like, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's very disappointing in person. I, I don't know what you're doing there. <laughs> looks so much better on film. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So well, the same thing happens when you go to museums. I mean, I say this yeah. to guys all the time. If you oh want to feel yes. better about your work, go to a museum, mm-hmm. look at this quote masterpiece and look at the size of the gaps in those dovetails, yeah, you know, yep. um, it, it's certainly times have changed and gaps in dovetails as an example are less acceptable. Um, but dovetails have also become more of a design point than they used to be. You know, no one cared about dovetails back in the day because it's just what you did. Yeah. Now we, we showcase our dovetails. So yeah, they need to be show dovetails. Right. But man, I mean, go to the Smithsonian museum, in DC and go to the, 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 you know, Goddard and Townsend. Well, no, don't look at those. Cause those are almost perfect. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> um, but there, there is furniture in there where you can see very clear joinery mistakes. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it's just the way it is, you know, sure. but when you photograph it, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, my question about that is, okay, so now we look at pieces and let's get serious. Making furniture today is so much easier than it was way back when, you know, it's so much more accessible. That's the, probably the right term I'm looking for. It's so much more accessible to Theoretically people. anyway. Yes, there you go. Theoretically, <laughs> for a, a, a large majority of people, we should be better is, than we are. <laughs> right, but the, you know, there was a point when you had these really what would be high end pieces, and of course, they they were very meticulous. There was a certain look that they were going for, but at the they weren't necessarily considered, or or maybe I'm wrong. They weren't considered like high art pieces. It was like I have a really nice desk, yeah, you know, and then but we look at it now, we and it's like because. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We look at them like, well, I've got a desk and I can guarantee the desk I have at right now. There's probably like somebody way back when that's like, that's a really high end desk. I want one of those. Yeah. You know, so I, I, to me, a lot of times it's and we've already kind of said this, it's, it's perception of what we see as having to be a certain way. And if you don't have it that way, then you're crap. And the fact <laughs> is, you're not. You're a woodworker. And I have yet to meet a woodworker and especially like a high end professional one that still isn't like, yeah, there's this one part that you will never see and I'm never going to tell you about it. So don't ask. Well, that's the thing. I think you become a master of your mistakes. Like mistakes right. don't define your project. You make those mistakes, but you become very, very good at either working around them, replacing that part or figuring out to, to like make the project in a way that no one's going to know that that mistake exists. And that's, that's half of the challenge uh, aside well, from building. 
And that's uh, also one of those things that people get asked about all the time. You know, you hear from authors, you hear from us occasionally that it's like you will frequently get those questions that are like, yeah, this is really great that you're building this. Now tell me how to hide all my mistakes, <laughs> like the ones you made in the show. And yeah. What are you talking about? I didn't make any mistakes. <laughs> well, and just as a little piece of parting advice here that I would give Nathan, um, you know, I think someone said earlier, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, if you're at the beginning stages, you're going to make mistakes and, and you clearly have a knowledge base that allows you to point them out. That's something to celebrate. It's when you can't notice the mistakes, when you think something's perfectly fine, but I'll take a look at it and go, well, dude, this is crap. Like, that's not where you want to be. You want to be on the side that can see these problems, identify them, because now you know what's wrong, and then you could research and practice and get to a point that you can fix it. So the fact that Nathan sees these things, as long as he frames it in the right perspective and doesn't let it get him discouraged, he now has the recipe he needs to go back, tackle those things again on future projects, and make sure those mistakes don't happen again. Yes. You know? Yes. 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 I think Shannon's dealing with his dog right now. I agree. Okay, there he is. <laughs> nice. Just, just trying to keep the mute button on to keep the, uh, the big dipping. It's all good. We're, we're done here anyway. Uh, another generation attacks the UPS driver. Yep, got to bring him up right. All right, Matt, how about you give him the contact info and we'll get out of here. All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, a question, topic, suggestion? There's several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. You can call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. And of course, you can email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com. And you can leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And all of those things probably should be really nice. Otherwise, we're going to send out Brandon Gore to check out all your projects and let you know exactly what you did wrong. He's going to bust out his tape measure and he's going to measure some stuff. That's exactly right. And he's going to make you go, I'm never watching that again. So anyway, so if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. You know what? I'm actually supposed to have some barbecue with uh, with Brandon this week. Oh, I saw that. He, well, <laughs> now, is he making it? If that's the case, is there a uh, a similar no, no, tape measure? No, no. It, no it's, a, uh, it's actually a restaurant, and I cannot wait to hear uh, his critique of the brisket. <laughs> right that's what i should do we should both uh, do a uh, record a critique of the barbecue there you go the, the bark on this is not quite right and look at this look at this this is not cut to a uniform size who would eat something Hold like on, that you know, uh, he would pull out his tape measure to measure the thickness of the smoke ring <laughs> yeah the smoke the, ring the, the is thing, only uh three eighths of an inch and uh well three eighths would be a sizable smoke ring never mind and, and then you'll say but <laughs> no, i really like this that'll be an insanely thick smoke ring that might not that might not taste good describe how you like it and then he'll convince you that you actually don't like it. You just think that you like it. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to have to let him know he's got to listen to this episode. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. See you yeah. later.